0: Hi and welcome to Fashion Talks, a podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop, and I am delighted to be here live at Toronto Fashion Week in Yorkville Village. Thank you all so much for coming and our guest my guest today is the wonderful Gersha Phillips she is the costume designer for Star Trek Discovery the latest installment in the iconic Star Trek canon that is shot here in Toronto Gersha thank you so much for being here Thank you for having me So just so everyone knows, you don't need to be a Trekkie to get a lot out of our podcast today. Um, star Trek Discovery does fit into the timeline of the Star Trek canon in kind of a unique way, Gersha. So, can you give us a little bit of a sense of you know, where Discovery fits in and what the star date is and all that sort of stuff?
1: So, um, our show fits in, um, it predates uh, Spock and um, Kirk by 10 years. So we're just prior to um, the Enterprise. Um, Did I say that right? Is it the Enterprise? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Not a Trekkie either, I take (laughs) it. No, not A fan, but not a (laughs) Trekkie. Yes, exactly. So we are after, um, I believe in the JJ film, uh, 2009, they start off with um, the Calvin ship. So we sort of fall just after that Calvin ship, and that's where Kirk is born, and we're just before the Enterprise.
0: Amazing. Now... Mm -hmm. When you were starting your prog- your process to design mm-hmm. the costumes for for this new incarnation, you had the opportunity to really design the future of, of <laughs> what people would be wearing, which is a rather daunting and exciting task, I yes. imagine. Yes, both. <laughs> what, how did you start that process? What were some of the considerations you took into account, and, and how did we come to these amazing... Federation uniforms. And for, for today's talk, we could dive into all sorts of details about Klingons and Romulans and all of the other, uh, you know, species and races that are part of the Star Trek universe. But we are going to focus primarily on the Federation today because there's mm-hmm. so much to, to dig into there.
1: Yeah, so um, we start like most shows that we do. We start with a lot of research. So one of the things, and we you know, we take into account what the script um, tells us. So the first thing that happens in our script, usually with any Star Trek um, iteration, is that it tells you the star date, and our star date is twenty-two fifty-nine, I believe. So that's you know, two hundred and forty years in the future of our future. So one of the things I started by doing was going back two hundred and forty years, and it, it takes you to like seventeen. Um, I forget the exact date but 1700s basically and just look at the what we've done since then the progress of everything that's happened through through our whole industry everything the world basically so it sort of gives you a lot of what you have to sort of it gives you sort of like a a measuring stick of how you want to go about what you're doing and it's you know the thing is really it's most of what we do today wouldn't really exist as my feeling so I felt that um, we had to push as far forward as we could possibly go with the technology that was available to us and with the information that was available to us. Um, So one of the things we looked at was um, the idea of fit and how and bodies that we would be dealing with, the idea that people would be healthy. You know, this is a, um, it's like being in the military, being into the Federation. Um, So we were, you know, everybody would be healthy and would be fit and um, we would, uh, the other thing we were thinking of is, um, for the fit of the costumes itself, is that you would be probably scanned, like your costume would be scanned, your body would be scanned for your measurements. And it's even how we go about certain costumes that we make today when we're doing, you know, the superhero things and the space suit that we did in the beginning of um, this episode. Uh, we had our actress's body scanned. So that was, that's something that we go by. And with those measurements, you're going to make very, very custom-fitting cloth clothing. So that was a, you know, a big sort of mandate for us that everything had to have a very specific fit and look like it was tailor, tailor-made for that person.
0: And I think so. that definitely comes across mm-hmm. when you've got a shot up here of, of mm-hmm. the beautiful uniforms. What about fabric choices? How did you approach the fabrics that you use, and, and what were you anticipating that they would have to perform like?
1: um yeah uh, we looked at again this is another thing it was a lot of research into sort of like uh, sportswear and um things that had high performance fabrics that had high performance um qualities um we wanted something that had um strong like a, a sorry something that was durable and that was um stretchy and this this particular fabric that we found um, has a four-way stretch. It's sort of like an equestrian fabric. So it's um, sports. It's self-wicking. It um, has... uh antibacterial qualities to it it's just it has a Deals lot with of odor, odor. Yeah, with performance everything. was yeah, it performance. hard to
0: find like did you have to kind of dig through the textile landscape to find something that was yeah suitable? it did
1: it took a while it really did we were lucky that we got some help from a couple companies that we deal with here. like we talked to um the guys from um architeric and also from Nobis, and they directed us to a, a company here that led us to a, the company that we finally used, which is schuler in Switzerland, and um, they make a lot of you know they make things for Adidas and uh, Nike, Google, and and on actually even luggage they do luggage as well. So they're really a really cool company that does a lot of and um, very advanced technology with their fabrics.
0: What about things like fasteners? Because when you look at the uniforms, it's mm-hmm. really hard to tell you know where they would come on and off. Was that something you took into consideration as well? Yes,
1: yes, we did. We Sort of didn't want to use, you know, technology. Even zippers we really didn't want to use, but we did end up using the zipper. And it's, um, But what we're using, it's called an Aquagod zipper, so it's like a reverse technology of a regular zipper, so the, the coil's on the inside as opposed to the outside. And then um, we foil it, which gives it, it's actually what's in the front there, um, and we, we foil that with a, with the same foil that we use for the panels on the side And that's what gives us that detail and it's also functions as a zipper.
0: And so. what about technology because mm. obviously there's always been the, uh, the Communicator that the Federation has yes. on their on their lapel. What else about wearable technology took place when you were envisioning this this new show? Um,
1: I think for us, uh, one of the other things we were looking at were things that would monitor the body. So these, the compression panels we designed is an idea of, of smart technology. So it would monitor your heart rate and all your vital sig- signals. So that if anything was, if you were any kind of distress, um, they would be able to do, would help you, or you'd be, it, the information would go to the camcorder. Um, and then also, I think the other idea was that it would also have some life-saving technology in it if anything happened to you on the ship, like if the ship, anything the ship had had a distress of some sort, sorry. <laughs>
0: no, that's okay. And one of the things I think is really interesting that we talked about is all the smaller details like the mm. logo of, Can you talk about some of the details that you incorporated in, in terms of the logo of the, of the Federation yes, and Federation? What's the
1: the Delta logo is the very, oh, sorry, the Delta logo is the very small print that's on the side of the, comp- we call them Delta panels, basically, which is on the side of the body. And that's um, something that we foil print in um, the states. It's done with a, a puff technology, and um, and same with the side panels. The uh, the delta, sorry, the compression panels are what we call the ones on the side, and they're a puff paint technology that's uh, printed and then foiled as well, heat foiled. Sorry.
0: <laughs> and it must have been quite the process getting everyone fitted and whatnot as well. Yes, it, it's quite a It is quite tailored. Is it comfortable mm-hmm. for? For the actors, is it the ready-for-everything (laughs) uniform?
1: Yeah, I think now it is. It took a while to get there in the beginning. We were doing a lot of um, final adjustments and final details that we dealt with. Um, It does function like a jumpsuit. It has a rigging zipper that sits in the middle that we also use just because we were trying to keep those panels all straight. So we sort of rigged it through the zipper through the waistline as well that helps to keep it together.
0: Amazing. And I know that this is the, like the image we're looking at now is like their uniform when they're on the ship. There's Mm. also when they go... Um, uh, you know, abroad where they have to go down and they have, like, kind of their combat uniforms on. And yes. fun fact, there are Federation pajamas <laughs> with Star Trek Discovery. I'm sure that is a hot uh, yeah. <laughs> a hot item to want to take home with you. Um, yeah. When you were... So that's kind of, like, a lot of the practicality of it. What sort of aesthetics mm-hmm. were you looking at? Like, we, we have preconceived notions of what the future looks like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were you trying to reference any of those... In terms Um, of palette or looking at sci-fi from the past?
1: We try to sort of create something unique and also, I think, grounded in a little bit more reality. Because one of the things we found is that when you look at a lot of sci-fi... Um, because, as I said, it was origi- I feel like most sci-fi originated in the 60s, mm-hmm. so I feel like that's been the sort of mandate and style direction for most movies. And so we tried to make ours sit a little bit in, real- in reality, but we also wanted to have a proper uniform that they would wear. So we looked to the navy, um, which is where the blue comes from, um, and the gold, I would say, too, if you think of um, navy... Um, uh, high command uniforms. Um, so I, um, sorry. I've, what was the rest of the question? Well, uh, th- so there's
0: we we <laughs> understand, you know, metallics as being mm-hmm. the future, mm-hmm. or you know, other like we were talking about yeah. the mod aesthetic and yeah. what you're saying. The c- 60s mm-hmm. is something we understand to be the future. Mm-hmm. And those were things that you wanted to ignore or you wanted to incorporate as cues for the audience to say, yes, this is we well, are I the think- future.
1: I think, um, as I told you before, we were talking about the collar and and that was one of our things that um, I, I wasn't the original designer. There was a designer before me and when, one of the things that she said uh, about the collar was that the collar is um, something that's been around since the 1600s, and it's always it stayed throughout everything, and it's always been there. So one of the things that was really important to her, and I, and when she said it to me like that, I thought, wow, that's a really good point. You know, losing the collar seems to be something that just wouldn't necessarily go away. We have it in dress every day; everybody wears a collar. So one of the things we wanted to do was to keep the collar, but we wanted to do it something a little bit more unique and different. Um, so that's where the, the the, you know the tilt to the, the asymmetrical collar came from it's
0: a very beautiful collar, mm-hmm. like I encourage everyone to take a look at it because it does have like an asymmetry to it it's a very it's a very beautiful mm-hmm. design and it is clearly a, a a a collar as opposed to like the collarless or t shirt that we tend exactly. to see in mm-hmm. the in the older in the older versions of Star Trek mm-hmm. um, Where did you have fun designing for the future
1: it's um, <laughs> uh, a good question. Um, I would be in more of the... I mean, I think Harry Mudd, for instance, is a character that I felt was a lot of fun to do. Um, He was... He's he's already... He's from the TOS, from the original series, but we did an update on him, and he was played by Rain Wilson. Mm -hmm. And the cue or the direction from the producers was to think of... um, Uh, Oh my God, I can't remember his name. Adamant. Adamant, yes, Adamant. So, you know, Adamant, I don't know if a lot of you guys probably are too young to even remember who Adamant is, but he was a really cool um, punk rocker, I think, maybe. Yes, from the 70s and or late uh, 80s, early 80s. And um, so we used him as our, as our guide. And he was doing a lot of really interesting sort of piratey things um, in, his, in his clothes, even still today. And so we took a lot of cues from him. And then I sort of did a little riff on the original Harry Mudd character. So that was a lot of fun to do.
0: I love that the punk rocker from the (laughs) late 70s, early 80s -hmm. is the foil to the 1960s, very Mm -hmm. like clean line. You know, if you think of like the mod, everything Mm -hmm. was very geographic, that Mm -hmm. those are the two polar that Mm -hmm. you're that you're playing with yes yeah yeah
1: exactly you know i mean as well as um for some of our other designs like i I know we're not talking about klingons but for klingons and vulcans and and um some of those other species we took our also took cues from some of the new the designers that are out now um like um iris van herpen um gareth Pugh, um obviously alexander mcqueen old and new um, and then some of the newer people that are coming up that I can't really remember all their names, sorry, but that are doing a lot of really interesting things and pushing the, the envelope as far as fashion goes.
0: And Star Trek is such an iconic series. Mm-hmm. I mean, to put it in fashion speak, we could call it a, a heritage brand even. Mm-hmm. Was, there, was there pressure taking on that, that role to, to redesign the uniforms? And how much freedom did you get in terms of did you need to reference things from past series or because you're before the timeline you had mm-hmm. a little bit more freedom?
1: Yeah, I feel like we had a lot of freedom um, and the mandate from the producers was to come up with something new and different. They really wanted to make their own to have their own stamp and their own their own vision. Um, so um they gave us a lot of freedom. I feel like I had a ton of freedom. And it was just really to sort of like come up with whatever we could do, whatever we could imagine. So we left, we got left along quite a bit and, and got to play, I think. So.
0: Now, I know there's a really iconic uh, episode from the original series called The Mirror Universe. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you've been able to bring as a thread into the new series. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it has some really interesting costume yes. impact. <laughs>
1: um, we did... Um, and starting out, we looked at Mirror Mirror, which is the original TOS. Um, episode and saw you know what their version of what they did in that, at that time which was really interesting and really fun obviously
0: so the mirror mirror episode just so people have a bit mm-hmm. of an idea it's kind of like the twilight zone it's star trek in their alternative yes. universe so it's yeah. the same characters but we see them in augmented versions of their of their costumes yeah
1: sort of like the evil versions of themselves <laughs> mm-hmm. so spock has a mustache and i think Kirk's bare-chested, not that that's that different from the original episodes, <laughs> but, um, um, and Hurray is wearing, like, all the girls are wearing, like, um, bandeau tops, or not bandeaus, but, like, bare midriffs. So our version of it, one of the things, the mandates that came from the producers was that these guys need to be able to defend themselves. In order to rise up in the mirror universe, you... you um, you, you kill your predecessor. So they had to be ready for armor and combat. So we wanted to incorporate that into the costume. So that's where the that sort of asymmetrical chest plate came from. Um, the gloves, um, they wear armor on their, le- like, the higher... Um, Characters wear armor on their legs and things like that. So, and then we also took, um, we were looking, the production designer was looking at brutalist um, imagery a lot. And we sort of wanted to incorporate that somehow into our costumes. So we, um, my illustrator had this really great idea to take a sort of... Um, uh, art Deco image and sort of just give it a little play, and that's where we came up with a design for it. So um, it sort of matched the sort of brutalist um, architecture and, and layering that the art department was doing. And they actually ended up taking some of our imagery and using it on the ship as well in the turn ship. So it's kind of really cool.
0: That's really awesome because I think you know there is such a, a history to mm-hmm. to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Was it? Did you feel? Um, did you feel the pressure of oh, having <laughs> all of that fandom and, and whatnot upon you? Is that something that you guys talked about in the in the room?
1: You know, I th- yes, we for sure did. I mean, in the beginning, it didn't really you didn't notice it as much until you started to read media and comments that people were making, you know, with one of our producers, the first producer left. When that happened, It was there was a lot of um, talk on the internet about what would happen to the show and, and et cetera. And um, even now, I feel like um, the comments that people are making, it's really interesting. I mean, I feel they're much more supportive of the show than when we first started. You know, it evolved into something that everybody's really appreciating and enjoying. So it's been... It, it was really really daunting though for sure I was quite scared and it took me a while to watch some episodes in the beginning or listen to what people are to see what people were saying about it because we were I was definitely worried about what they would think about our costumes
0: <laughs> did you watch back episodes of Voyager or Next Generation or the original Star Trek
1: definitely more the original because we sort of predated that so I thought that was the place to start um I haven't, and I watched all the movies quite a lot, like the movies from all of those ones, not necessarily the episodes themselves, but I watched all the movies, so.
0: And what were some of the things from the from the movies and whatnot that really resonated with you, where you were like, oh, I want it, that's that's important, or that's exciting, that's something that the future that I'm envisioning needs to have? Um,
1: hmm, that's a good question.
0: Um,
1: I can't think of anything we off can the top come of my back. head.
0: We can come back to that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's
1: something because, you know, I, I feel as a costume designer and I think even designers now today, we're all sort of like vampires. Everything that we see, we're sort of ga- gathering and bringing in and it gets regurgitated out as our, in our art form. So I feel like I'm sure there's something that I took in. I just don't know precisely what it was.
0: What about um, an approach to to gender when you were designing mm-hmm. um, because obviously it it is a uniform was there was that something that you wanted to kind of incorporate in terms of fit or how did you how do, how do you think we approach gender in the in the future in this world?
1: <laughs> Another good question um, for us, I don't know if we really paid that much attention to it. We had one I remember one. Um, performer, background performer that came in that was uh, gender neutral. And she, I forget exactly what happened, but it was something to do with wearing a bra and not wanting to wear a bra. So we allowed her not to wear a bra and we took her, you know, we just neutralized in front of her uniform. So I feel like if that comes up, we'll deal with it. We haven't had a specific character like that yet. Who knows, we may have in the future. But, um, the uniform right now was, it is pretty, it's not, I wouldn't say gender neutral, but because it's, you know, but it's very male-female. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we, we in um, Mirror Universe, we did introduce the dress, but the way we did our dress is that we put the leather boots, the boot pants up on underneath, so the it doesn't look, it's not worn like a regular dress, and a, a man actually could wear it. And that's one of the things that the producer, we talked about and. Just before we finish, that maybe in episode, in season two we would introduce something like that. So we would do like a tunic on a man as well, so that we would still keep it sort of this idea of sort of um, gender neutral. I, I don't say gender neutral isn't quite the right word, but fluid, gender fluid, maybe maybe better. Right. Yeah.
0: It's almost it's not androgynous, but mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's more about fit and 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 personal. It's open. It's open. Exactly. Exactly. It's like non-gender almost. Exactly. But with the tailoring being the thing that is the priority because Mm -hmm. you needed to have that kind of flexibility to do anything as we're talking about Mm -hmm. within the Mm -hmm. Federation. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about because obviously it takes a village to create the costumes Mm -hmm. for a show like this. Yes. How how does that process work with, with your team? And I know there's a lovely Canadian connection mm-hmm. as you have brought in some local talents to mm-hmm. assist with specific projects. I know mm-hmm. Evan Bedell and yes. Greta Constantine and Sully Wong are just mm-hmm. a few of the of the locals. How does that whole team work together?
1: Um, it's there's so many different ways everything happens and the way we do with the way we work like I build we start with like myself and a supervisor Karen who you know we start and we build our team based on the needs of what we think we're going to need and for this particular show we started with a certain size crew and then it blossomed I think we were over 60 at some points in times when we were you know doing our huge builds so um, it can be it's so um, the word I want to use is so it's just flows where it needs to flow kind of it just goes as it it does Um, and you know I think um, one of our shoppers brought in Greta Constantine I think I'd used them before I've worked with them several times on other shows so we did some really great collaborations on a couple costumes that I think some of you may have seen already yes in the Vulcan episode episode 6 we used a few um, Greta Constantine pieces and then the Evan stuff won't be out until episode 15 I believe right? So um, that you won't see. I know no spoilers yeah. Yeah, during no the podcast. Spoilers, Sorry, know. everyone.
0: <laughs> so it yeah. must be exciting to be able to you know have your team, but then be able to bring in some some mm-hmm. local designers who can who can help round out some of those special pieces.
1: Yeah, yeah. We also had a couple jewelry designers, I believe, that we use as well. And um, from here and from Montreal or Montreal and in LA. So we, you know we we. We're looking for anything that's new inspiring and different. So we've just sort of always hunting and looking and so on. Because so. the future is new it's and exactly. inspiring and different,
0: right? <laughs> so yeah. I wanna just touch on accessories briefly mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. obviously when we see people in their Federation uniform, there are no accessories because they're they're at work. Yes, exactly. Right? Is that mm-hmm. part of the, the mandate?
1: That was mine anyway, and I think that it sort of stayed with everybody that we just wouldn't use any jewelry um and just keep it you know neutral on that level as well. so I think that um it works well obviously we've we've done some jewelry and and we've done some other pieces for certain things um one of the cap cad this late lovely lady designed a beautiful headdress for Michelle to wear in the mirror universe and um uh so yeah, we but nothing in we did. I think we did some other jewelry for Mirror Universe as well. I can't remember exactly, but we did some pieces for that. But nothing in the Federation.
0: When the Federation is off duty, which mm-hmm. I know we get some yes. glimpses of every yes. once in a while. Mm-hmm. What was your um, approach and vision to to <laughs> to 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 off duty dressing? Um, again,
1: uh, looking at. Um, I think I was inspired by sportswear at the time. It feels like for me, because we used a lot of sportswear line brands at that time. Like we used Y three, um, and um, I'm trying to think of what else we had at that time. But I. Um, it's it's tricky because you you know, when we're doing episodic, it's you don't really have a lot of time to design and be creative and have all those wonderful thoughts that, that you normally would if you were doing a film based on in this, you know, in this sort of environment. So for us, we have ten days to come up with what that's gonna look like. <laughs> you know what and in that time we have to fit, we have to show producers what it's gonna look like and so we do it pretty fast. So I feel like for me the you know, I was looking for anything um, I think we used uh, Roland Marais for somebody. We used... um, There's another designer that I can't remember her name that we used in that time, too. But just, you know, it was about finding designers, again, that push the limit and push the edge and and sort of look futuristic on some level. You know what I mean? When you look at it, you feel like, oh, that would pass. That that tells the story that you want to tell. So...
0: Designing the future every 10 days. (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) it's quite a challenge.
0: (laughs) Gersha, thank you so very much for the conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. If people are interested in following you, where can they find you on Um, social?
1: I'm on my name, basically, Gersha Phillips at whatever it is. I'm not sure. Sorry,
0: I'm really bad at that (laughs) as well. Social media (laughs) is happening right here. I believe it's Gersha Phillips on Instagram. Uh, A big thank you to our producing partner, CAFA, the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. You can find out more about CAFA at C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S. Special thanks to Toronto Fashion Week for having us here at Yorkville Village. You can follow me at this is Donna B on all uh, on all platforms. And if you liked the podcast, please tell your friends. It really helps us get the word out. Um, rate and review us on iTunes and the Podcatcher of your choice. And you can see past episodes and hear some of the or see some of the images of of past episodes at FashionTalks.ca. And until next time, this is Donna Bishop at Fashion Talks. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, everyone. Um, I did make sure we had some time for questions. Does anyone have any questions for Gersha? And I'm going to walk around and do my best, Oprah, and bring the microphone.
1: Hi, Gersha. Hi. Hi. Hello. Huh? Hi. Um, I'm Joe. Thank you for being uh. here to share your knowledge with us today. Um, I have questions as to what are some of the things in your kit that you kind of <laughs> couldn't live without, and it's like
0: saved you multiple times throughout your career. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: normally there would be things but I would say on this show it's different because we're doing the future it's been really difficult but I do have one thing that I usually have is a little kit with has screwdrivers and things in it and little jewelry findings and I feel like that's something that I go to every show not so much this show but definitely in the past it has like things for watches to fix watches or beads or anything necklaces etc. So that's my little thing, and right now my iPad is my iPad Pro is the lifesaver.
0: <laughs> Technology saving <Yes>. us even <laughs> on the Star Trek set. Are there any other questions? Hi, I'm Audrey and Trekker. Oh wow!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a- I am a sad case. Now, how many other species are you planning? Do you know that you're going to be doing? And do you do everything from their prosthetics to the costume? We just we do the costumes. We work in tandem with a prosthetics department, a hair and makeup department. Um, for season one, we did uh, <laughs> Vulcans, um Klingons which we didn't do, actually. It ended up being a, it ended up being CGI completely. I don't know if you saw episode seven. Um, we did Terrans, um, Kelpians, um, so that's five. I think that might be it. We do, there will be more for season two, I'm sure. I don't know who they are, and I can't say anything about them yet. <laughs> but I do know we're doing more.
0: Stay so. tuned on CBS yeah. for season two. <laughs> Um,
1: what do you look for, um, when you are crewing up? Like, what kind of personalities or skill sets do you usually, uh, look for? Um, wow. (laughs) Um, what do I look for? Um... It depends on what you're applying for, because there's, you know, in our department, and most times, there's ver- there's very many different positions that a person can be for, so it, de- it really depends on what you're applying for. Um, but basically, I'm looking, f- I look for people that are um, easy to get along with, for first the first thing, because, and um, that they feel like they would be able to survive our industry, and just because we have a lot of long days, um, and... Uh, Strange personalities to deal with, and as co- as being in the costume department, we're, we're you know it's not really as glamorous as people make it out to seem. It's it's a lot of work, so we have to do a lot of work. And I'm looking for people that are you know that are interested and want to do that sort of thing, so. But also creativity is a great thing, obviously. Dep- you know, if you're an assistant designer, coming in as assistant designer an designer, um, if, a bu- if it's a buyer, we're looking for um, somebody that's got a great res- um, res- a reserve of, of um, contacts and things like that. Um, if you're a builder that you, you know you bring something to the table from that point of view, too, that you know, you know what you're doing, et cetera. So many things. <laughs> i't that helps. <laughs>
0: Gersha, Star Trek is known for pushing so many boundaries, mm-hmm. like as as a series in terms of its um, portrayal of of genders, of racism, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you keep in mind as you're designing? Like, are you aware of kind of this um, progressive canon that, that you're a part of? And is, is that kind of in the back of your head as you're designing? Definitely, definitely, yeah.
1: I think, I mean yes. <laughs> the yeah. short answer is yes. Um, you know, I feel like for me as a designer, I've always f- felt the need to, and also being a black woman myself, and, you know, I've always felt the need to to push, you know, the envelope as, as far as being creative is concerned. So, you know, having this platform to do on it is really, it's it's quite wonderful. You know, I feel like I found my home somehow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really great. And to be able to be so creative continuously, you know, because most times when we do shows as designers, you know, we're do- recreating. We can be recreating anything or doing something completely contemporary, which doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like it takes as much creativity. You know, you're not flexing those muscles per se, but you're still designing. So it is really nice to be able to be doing it on this level and with this, you know, with this storyline in mind. So, yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming, everyone. If you haven't seen the Reset showroom, um, just kind of adjacent from us, uh, be sure to go and check it out to see some of the amazing uh, Canadian designers that are here during Toronto Fashion Week. And uh, we'll see you possibly tomorrow and at the shows later today. Thanks so much for coming.